expression a lot, don't we? God bless you. Or we sometimes say, God bless me. You ever pray that? God bless me. (laughs) God help me. God help me with what I'm going through. This morning, perhaps already, we, we... we build in, we build in a, 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 a brief time for you to greet each other, but we, more than that, we want you to greet each other before the service and after the service and never be in a hurry to leave this place. But, but probably already this morning, you've come up to somebody and you've taken their hand or shaken their hand or slapped them on the back or hit them on the shoulder lightly and you said, God bless you. Maybe you wrote a note to them. And you, you, you finish off with this, God, God bless you. I was at a, I was at a political thing a couple months ago, and you know, I, 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 you, you get so conditioned to this, and I was, I was going around greeting people, and I found out halfway through, I've been greeting everyone saying, God bless you, God bless you, because that's how I do it. And, and that's not, nothing wrong with that. You know, make, make them wonder, right? Why is that guy, instead of saying, let's go team, or something like that, you know, God bless you. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you mean it, say it. Say it. Don't, don't be ashamed of it. And I'm not discouraging you from doing that. If, if, you, if you look at someone, shake their hand, or slap them on the back and give them a hug and say, God bless you and you mean it, well, just that's a very good thing. It's not bad. It's good. We'll pray it. Sometimes we pray it for ourselves. Again, God bless me. God bless me as I do this. As you, you face something big during the day, and say, Lord, I really need your blessing today. You ask God's blessing on your family. You ever do that? I, I don't know about you. When our kids were really small, they, we would, well, not even when they were small, when they were in high school and they were bigger, we would lay our hands on them or we'd give them a hug or we'd pray, we'd hold their hands. And in the morning, almost every morning, we would ask God's blessing on them. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. If you mean it, ask God's blessing on them. Parents, do this, by the way. Your kids are sleeping, and boy, at the end of the day, <coughs> you're glad they're sleeping because they're quiet, and they're not so busy, and they're, and they're, they're small, two, three, four, five years old, eight, 27, I don't know, they're, but they're, they're, they're there. You know what? Just go into their room, lay your hand on their shoulder or on their head, and ask God to bless them. Powerful thing. I think we should do that. We not only can, I think that we should. We ask for God's blessing on our family when we begin things. When we begin things, we ask God to bless a new business or we ask him to bless a, a new job or, or we ask him to bless a, a new school year. We ask his blessing. Many times I have stood with people in, in their home, a, a newer home, or one, uh, maybe not brand new, but new to them, and, and they called me up, and what an honor. I've gone over to their homes, and boy, I've anointed doors with oil, and I've prayed, and we don't know what went on in this house before, but we're going to just ask God's blessing on this home. And what an honor to do that. You've done that in some of your homes. Again, those, those, are, not, those are not bad things. Those are very, very good things if we know what we're asking for. To live with God's blessing, well, it just sounds so good, doesn't it? Sounds so good. We want it. We ask for it. But what does it mean? It's very brief. Watch this with me, please. We all say we want to have a blessed life, but what does that really mean? Is it simply having a nice car, a big house, new clothes? 
What if a blessed life isn't what you think? What if it's more about what you give away than what you hold on to? What if it's more about the contents of your heart than the contents of your bank account? How do we really live the blessed life? How do we really live the blessed life? That's a question that we just asked a moment ago, and it's actually a question that we're going to be asking for the next couple of weeks. Beginning this morning and for the next few weeks, we're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at the Bible, because if it's not here, then we shouldn't be doing it. In fact, if, if we don't talk about this when we gather together, then we shouldn't gather together. But we're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at the Bible to see what it says about the blessed life. The God-blessed life. Again, we use those expressions a lot and we ask for His blessing, but what does it really mean to live the blessed life? This morning we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, it'll be a few moments before we get there, but go ahead and turn there. I encourage you again to bring your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1. The word bless, or some variation of it, blessed or blessing, some variation of the word bless occurs more than 500 times in the Bible. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot. When you see something that occurs that many times in the Bible, well, then it draws attention to itself. That's something that we should pay attention to. It's a lot of times. And variations of the word blessed almost always now this is very important because we're talking about definition here if we're going to be talking about something for a few weeks then i want us to get a handle on what the word really means and this word blessed variations of the word blessed almost always designate something that is very important or something that is of great value so when you read throughout the word if it says God blessed this, then that means that that thing or that person had great value or had, had great importance, if not always, at least for a particular period of time. It was always, it's, it's almost always someone or something that is favored by God or set apart by God. So therefore, you'll see, you'll see places like uh, the the uh, tabernacle in the Old Testament where it says and they blessed it it means that that thing was set apart for the purposes of God it was set apart as a very important and valued thing it was something that was favored by God or you will see this and a father blessed his child it means that the father extended favor to that child God's favor to that child it means he set that child apart when you see a person who was blessed of God it means they were set apart and that they were favored I want you to get a handle on this definition it's very very important when we're talked when we're talking about blessed don't let your mind immediately go to the thing that our nation or in our culture people always go to it's much, much larger than anything that is, can be in our pocket, but rather it's who we are. And get this, it's almost always relational. Let me say that again. When, when something is blessed or when someone blesses someone, 
there's almost always a relationship there. Throughout the Bible, you will find people, Old and New Testament, you will find people who were blessed by God when they were in right relation with him. That's very, very important. Let me say that again. You have people who, when they were in right relation with God, when this this vertical relationship was right, when sin had been dealt with, when this was right, you see God's blessing going to those persons as they were connected to him, as they walked in his plan. God says, this is the way that I want you to walk. Maybe challenging, but you walk in it, and they would walk in God's blessing. You would see them as, as, as God directed them to do something or say something. As they did those things or said those things, God's blessing would be upon them, as long as they did what God called them to do. As they obeyed his word, as, they, as God spoke to them and, and, and they did what he called them to do, there was God's blessing. It was almost always relational. Now that's, that too is very important because we think that it's sometimes a bit of a random thing. So the blessed life, just kind of talking about definitions here, the blessed life more than anything means to be in right relationship with God. If you want a blessed life, then this relationship with him has to be made right. If this relationship with him is right, then these relationships here will be more blessed as well. But to be in right relationship with him is the truest definition of the word blessed. Do you realize that when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, you received the greatest blessing you'll ever experience? It's true. Because suddenly you came into the place where he can bless you. Why? Because I'm connected to him. Relational. The blessed life, more than anything, means to be in right relationship with God. Let me tell you something. There's some really bad theology in our world. I've heard people put down, say, well, I don't want to talk about theology. I just want to love Jesus. Or I don't want to talk about doctrine. Just, I just want to love Jesus. Listen, listen, um, uh, theology, right theology is really important. Bad theology is very, very dangerous. Good doctrine, biblical doctrine, is powerful. But when doctrine goes bad, things can really turn bad as well. So doctrine, don't put it down. Theology, don't put it down. Theology is simply the study of God, being in right relationship with him and understanding who is. Let me, let me, do you know that some people, here's some examples of bad theology. Um, some people believe that God is indifferent. That if there is a God, he's out there, but he's so big or so busy, or so preoccupied, or so distant, and I'm so small, so finite, so remote, so obscure, that really um, he, he, he does not have much of a relationship with me, if any. Some people have gotten a hold of that bad theology. So to them, it really doesn't matter what I do, it's, he's, he's out there, maybe, and it doesn't have much to do with me. Or some people believe that his grace is random. That, too, is bad theology. Like, you know, it, it's really not up to anything that I do, or really anything that he's done. It's just sometimes he extends some grace to people, and for whatever reason, he doesn't to others. That's bad theology. That's dis- potentially destructive theology. 
that his grace is somehow random. Some people say that we cannot know if he even cares. Does God really care? Well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He might care for some. Obviously, he cares for some. But I really wonder if he cares for me. It's bad theology. Let me tell you something this morning. Again, we're just dealing with basics here today and laying a bit of a foundation. I want you to understand that God's Word, the Bible, shows us that it is God's nature to bless His people. It is God's nature. Theology is the study of God, and it is God's nature to bless His people. Let me show you, let me demonstrate this in Scripture. Genesis chapter 1 just after God created, just after God created man and woman, and just after he created mankind, in chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, reads this way. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Look at the next verse, verse 28. God Bless them. Do you see that in the Bible? God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. I want you to notice, please, here in the very first chapter of the Bible, please notice that the first thing God did after creating people was to bless them. I don't know about you. I have read through this more times than I can count. Only God knows the number of times I've read Genesis chapter 1. And I never noticed that until recently. The first thing he did to them after creating them was to bless them. You see, God wanted to bless them. As I mentioned a moment ago, it's in his nature to bless them, to impart value, to set them apart. They were different. God blessed his people. And at this point, there's only two of them. But he blessed them. Well, centuries passed, long time passed. And in Genesis chapter 9, after the entire earth, you, you, you've read perhaps or heard about the story, true story of the flood, uh, Noah's Ark and all of that. After the entire earth had been flooded, the Bible tells us that it was only Noah and his immediate family, his three daughters and their husbands, just, just, just a handful of people, uh, uh, excuse me, his sons and their three daughters, uh, Noah, his wife, their three sons and their, their, their wives, uh, those were the only people that survived the flood. And in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Uh, again, maybe you never noticed that. But here, right after, God kind of does a bit of a reset. There were a lot of people before the flood. Now there's just a handful of people. But what did God do shortly after they got off the ark, after they had survived this worldwide cataclysm? What did God do? He blessed them. He blessed Noah and his family. Again, it is in God's nature to bless his people. He wants to bless his people. Genesis chapter 12, a few chapters further down here in the book of Genesis, God called a man named Abraham. Now again, hundreds and hundreds of years have passed, 
and the earth has been repopulated, or much of the earth has been re... There's a lot more people now, again, than there were obviously with that handful. It's generations later, and, and God speaks to a man named Abraham. Actually, his name was Abram. It would later become Abraham. He speaks to him, and verses 1 through 3 of Genesis chapter 12 reads this way. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2. I will make you into a great nation, and I will, there's that word, bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3. God said, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Notice, please, again, notice, please, how Abraham was set apart. He was favored, and he was protected. And not just, God wanted to bless his people, but not just to bless them, but to use them to bless others. Understand this in perspective. Here was God, all of the people in the earth at that time, but he focuses on this one man named Abraham, and he says, I want to bless you. I paraphrase now these verses. He says, I want to, I want you, I'm starting with you. He was the first Jew. He was the first, the first in, in what would be known as the Jewish people. He says, I have selected you, and I want to bless you, and those who bless you will be blessed. And those who curse you, he said to Abraham, will be cursed. And then he goes on to say, and I not only want to bless you, but I want to use you to be a blessing to the whole earth. There's something powerful about this blessing, isn't there? God wanted to bless his people. He set this man apart. He set his descendants apart. He favored them. He protected them. And by the way, thousands of years later, now today, do you know that he still holds this promise? Still today. It's a remarkable thing. One of the reasons why there is a nation today called Israel, Israel is actually Abraham's grandson, That was the person, the nation's named after him. It's still in existence today because God blessed, started blessing this family, now the Jewish people. But again, not just, to bless, not just to bless them, but to be a blessing to others. And so you see here again how God wants to bless his people. One more example from Scripture, but this time in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 contains or contains part of the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. We call it that because Jesus was <clears throat> excuse me, sitting or standing on a hillside and he was speaking. It's the first recorded in the Gospels, in the New Testament, it's the first record of his teaching. We, he taught before this, but this is the first transcript, if you, if you will, of what he, uh, the, the writing of his words. And in this part of the Sermon on the Mount, this part that we often called the Beatitudes early in chapter 5, you will find nine times in nine verses, Jesus, the Son of God, saying, blessed are, and then he lists each one. Now we're going to come back to this in the next couple of weeks. We're going to come back to those verses, but I want you to see something here. I want This is very foundational 
that I want you to see that if God blessed the first man and the first woman, and if God blessed the only survivors of the worldwide flood, and if God blessed the founding father of his people, and if, if God's blessing was among the first things that Jesus taught, you start getting the idea that God really wants to bless his people. Relationally. Relationally. These were people that were in relation to him. <laughs> the first man, the, the only man who was found righteous and he saved his family, and, and they were in relation with God. This man who, who came out of a family named Abraham, who came out of a family of idol worshipers, but he was righteous before God because there was a relationship. God said, I want to bless you and I want to use you as a blessing to the whole world. And then Jesus, the first time that it's recording his words, you find here him starting off by saying, blessed are, and then he lists nine different things. God wants to bless his people. God really wants to bless his people. And by the way, he still does. Let's, let's move away from, from, you know, these people that lived thousands of years ago or a message that came to a, a group of people that still relates to us. Let me, let me tell you, the people living today, the people that are here in this room, God, if you are in relationship with him, God wants to bless you. Now, you may be looking at your life and you're going, well sure doesn't feel like it. But the blessed life, I'll come back to that. The blessed life, more than anything, means to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. Don't, don't shout out, don't raise your hands, don't even nod. Just, just answer it in your heart. Are you in right relationship with Jesus Christ? Now it doesn't matter if you gave your heart to Jesus a long time ago or if you've yet to do it, however long it has been since then, um, or, or, or how, it doesn't even have to do with exactly what, are you in right relationship with Jesus Christ right now? Are you in right relationship with him? Are you, are you in right standing before God? Is there anything between you and him? Is there anything stopping this relationship? Is there anything hindering this relationship? Do you want to be in the right place to receive God's blessing, then you must be in right relationship with him. That, that, that's basic. That's foundational. So, Question for every person here. Don't, don't you dismiss it, even if you gave your heart to Christ a long time ago. Ask yourself, are you in right relationship with him? Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And something that you'll find if you read through the book of Ephesians, you will see the phrase, in Christ, a great deal. This is one of those occasions right here early in, the, in that epistle. It says here that he has blessed us, God has blessed us, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Why? Because of, if you're in Jesus Christ, you are blessed. If you're in right relationship with him, then you are walking in the place of blessing. In fact, it goes on to say here, every spiritual blessing. 
That means that if there is a way in which God can bless us spiritually, he desires to do it, but it starts with us coming in right relationship with him. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you. I'm speaking just for Gary Wildman here. I want to be, I want to receive every spiritual blessing that he has for me. I want everyone. Call me selfish. Call me greedy. You can call me what you want, but it's true. Whatever he has for me spiritually, I want to receive it. Now, that's a dangerous prayer. Because to receive some of that may be a little bit challenging. It may not come in the way that I expect it. But God, if there is something that you want for me spiritually, then I, it says it right here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So Lord, whatever it is you want to do in me or through me, God, I want to receive your blessing. Now again, I'm, 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 I, so far I haven't mentioned this, this way that we always almost refer to or frequently refer to in regards to God's blessing. I haven't talked a bit about that. Because so often when we talk about the blessings of God, oh, God's blessing, we point to something. We say, look how God has blessed us, and we point to something. Listen, you can have no thing but if you've received Jesus, you've received the greatest blessing you've ever received. I, uh, I may mention this again in a few weeks. The godliest man I ever met was a missionary that I lived with and um, ministered with about 30-some years ago, 33 years ago, something like that. Uh, originally from Minnesota, he was older uh, considerably older than me, and he's like much older. Uh, he's still the same. Uh, he's still as old as he was older than me now than he was then, but he's much older now, and so am I. And I went into his home, and I remember seeing his, his room. You know what? The, 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 the totality of his earthly possessions, he had one van that fit about eight people. He rented a room, and inside of his room, I can see it so clearly in my head, there's a bed. Beside it, a small little table with a lamp. Underneath of that, as a part of this end table or bedside table, it was, a, uh, it was also a, uh, a bookshelf. And he had about, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 books. Beside that was a rack holding some clothes. Underneath the rack were one extra pair of shoes, and there were about four or five changes of clothes, and they were all the same clothes the same style made it easy he was single by the way so his, nobody had to lay out his clothes it was just that's what you're going to wear today that's all that's all the man had he was the most godly man i've ever met now don't misunderstand me i'm not saying that if you have very little in the in the in the area of physical blessing that you are suddenly spiritually blessed I am not saying get rid of everything except one pair of shoes, a few books, and a few changes of clothes. I'm not saying that at all. I am pointing out the fact that this was a man who was tremendously blessed with spiritual blessings, though in the way that we often measure God's blessing, he was poor. He was in right relationship with him, with God. Regardless of how much you have or don't have, 
If you're in right relationship with him, then you are a man, a woman who is most blessed. Because it's relational. When I was about 12 years old, um, my parents one day received a chain letter. How many here are old enough to remember what a chain letter was? Let me see your hands. Chain letter. For those of you that don't know what a chain letter is, it was something that people would, um, would copy or... Get this, carbon paper, right? And they would, they would make these copies. A chain letter was you would receive it, and it would say, if you want to receive God's blessing, then copy this and send it to five people, ten people, whatever. When I was about 12 years old, I remember it very clearly. We were in my parents' office, and, and uh, we got one of these. And I, I remember my mom, my mom was holding it, and she looked at it, and she read it. She goes, look at this, Dale. And she pointed to my dad and showed it to my brother and I. She showed it to said, look, this, this is saying here, you know, chain letter. The chain letter promised that God would bless us if we made copies of the letter and sent it to at least five other people. My mom, I remember after she read it, she reached up, she held it up, and she tore it in half. She threw it away, and she said this, that is not how God blesses people. Amen. My brother and I later went back, pulled it out of the trash can, taped it together, sent it to five uncles. But I'll tell you what, my mom had it right. I'm kidding, we didn't do that. I thought about it, but we didn't do it. <laughs> can you imagine my uncles? What is this from my nephew? But you know what? This kind of thing still happens. It still happens. Have you noticed on social media how people forward things that promise God's blessing? Hit this button and you'll receive God's blessing. View this clip and God will bless you in amazing ways. Wouldn't it be nice if it were that easy? But I'll tell you what, it's not that easy. Don't do that. By the way, if you receive something like that, don't forward it. You forward it to me, I'm going to unfriend you right now. That's not how it works. That's not how God blesses people. If you want to receive favor from God, if you want to be in right standing with Him, do you know where it starts? It starts with receiving His forgiveness. Listen to this. Romans chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Isn't that good? Why is that, why, why is that talking about blessings? Because all of a sudden, this vertical relationship, if there's something here... That, that, that is sinful, then I can't, I can't receive God's blessings as he desires to give them. I can receive some of them. Uh, God's bigger than that. I understand that. But, but to receive all of the blessings from God, I can't have anything between him and me. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Because here's what happens. When, when all of a sudden we realize, when we realize that Jesus died for us and and, and that he, he hung on that cross for us and he shed his blood for us. And he died and he rose from the dead. So that when we come to him and we say, Jesus, I've, I've sinned. Forgive me. You know what happens? The blood of Jesus Christ comes upon those sins, wipes them clean, so there is nothing between us and God. If God sees anything, he doesn't see our sins, he sees the blood of Jesus on us. Hallelujah. And he says, the blessings. Here come the blessings. If you want to experience more of God's goodness, then first experience his grace. 
If you want God's blessing, then you come into a right relationship with Him. We're going to be talking about the blessings of God. Won't make a bit of difference in your life until this relationship is made right. This morning, whether you've yet to surrender your life to Jesus or you did so a long time ago, I challenge you again, surrender yourself entirely to Jesus Christ. Surrender yourself entirely to Jesus Christ. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ for the first time many years ago, but I have surrendered my life to Him so many times since then. I said, Lord, take it all. Everything that I am is yours. Everything in my family, everything in my marriage, everything in my home, everything that I do, everything that I think, everything that I say, Lord, I just want to surrender it all to you. I don't know about you, but I need to be in a... I, I'm, I'm always surrendering to him. We need to. I challenge you this morning. I implore you this morning, surrender, surrender yourself entirely to Jesus Christ. Because if you're not living under God's blessing, you're living under a curse. Now, some of you might be thinking, now, whoa, wait a minute, Pastor. Two weeks ago, you're talking about hell, and now you're talking about a curse. What got into you? What's up with that? What's with these, what's with these negative vibes, man? What's with that? Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 22. If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. I didn't make that up. That's, that's straight from Scripture. What does that mean? You mean God curses? No. It means that we were born under a curse. <laughs> it means that, that, that every person, because of fallen nature, because of Adam and Eve, who walked away from God and blew it for everyone, <laughs> ever since then we were been born into sin, and if we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if His love is not on us, then we remain in a curse. And I don't want to live under a cursed life. I don't want to live with a curse on me. I want to live with God's blessing on me. Look at it again. If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. He's not calling down a curse. He's simply saying if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're living under a curse. I want to live the blessed life. I want to be so in right relationship with him that all the spiritual blessings that he has for me come, and I'm, I'm ready to receive it. Why? Because there's nothing between him and me. Now let me give you a warning. When you begin living the blessed life, when you are in right relationship with Jesus Christ, when you are in love with him and the curse has been broken, some people won't like it. Get ready. When you start living under God's blessing, when you start living the blessed life, there are going to be some people who look at your life and they're not going to like it. Often because they're still under the curse. Some people will misunderstand. Some may resist you. Some may even reject you. And I, I know that there are some here when... When God came into your life and He began doing an, an amazing work and you surrendered yourself to Him and all of a sudden there's no more sin and all of a sudden His blessing 
the truest measure of his blessings start coming down, other people looked at you and said, you know what, there's something wrong with you, I don't like it, and I'm not having anything to do. There are some here in this room who have lost relationship with people because you started loving Jesus and the curse was broken, but those who are still under the curse don't like it. But let me add also, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'd rather have others curse me with their mouths, which will have no effect, by the way. And there's this expression, and I and I and I, I don't mean I, I don't. I've said I've said some bad things in my life. I've never used this improperly, but you've heard people say, "Go to hell." You know, if somebody says that to me, I you know, whatever, don't use my turn signal or something, and they go, hey, buddy, go to hell. You know that has no effect on me. That has absolutely no effect on me. If they if they damn me, it, it has no, I would rather have, I would rather have here someone curse me, which will have no effect on me, than me living under the curse. So I, I serve you warning. There, there are going to be people that say, I want nothing to do with you. But, it, but it, it's still worth it. It's because at the end of the day, at the end of my life, throughout eternity, the only thing that really matters is I please him. Let me also add this. Living the blessed life does not mean you will be exempt from trying times. Living the blessed life does not mean you will be exempt from challenging times or extremely stretching times. In fact, I promise you this morning that even under the blessing of God, even as you are His follower, I'm looking across this room and I see, even in the last few weeks, people that have been hospitalized. People who have had loved ones who are hospitalized. People here this morning that have that that are that are uh, have been diagnosed with a potentially life-threatening disease. There are people here today who have lost a loved one in recent days or weeks or months. There are people here who are suffering even as I speak. Living the blessed life does not mean that I am exempt from the challenges of this life. We can go through those times and we will go through those times and we will still be blessed of God. By the way, we're going to look at that deeply next week. We're, we're going to look how, how sometimes what we think is the worst thing imaginable is actually a way in which God wants to bless us. You join, join me next week. We're Lord willing, and he hasn't returned yet, and he gives me, I'm going to be here next week. I want you to be here next week as well. We're going to look at that. But the blessed life is... The blessed life is so often not how our world portrays it or even how some Christians portray it. I want to see what the Bible says about the blessed life. As a conclusion this morning, I want to say this. Heaven is before us. He Let me say it again. Heaven is before us. Glory to God. Two weeks ago I preached on this. In the last two weeks I've had a couple friends who've slipped in, and they're now in heaven. Heaven is before us. 
What an amazing and blessed time and place that will be. You know, for a follower of Jesus Christ who dies, I almost never feel sorry for them when they die. I feel sorry for their family. I hurt for them. But for the person who loves Jesus, was living under the blessing, is now with him, wow, what a blessing that is going to be. How many are looking forward to the blessing of heaven? I am. No more pain. No more sickness. No more disappointment. No more heartache. No more loss. That person who grieves you here is not going to grieve you there. The challenge that you face now. I'm looking forward to the blessing of heaven. But let me tell you something. God wants to bless you in this life. See, and that's, that's where we sometimes err. And we think, oh, I'm just waiting for heaven and that's when the blessings will come. No, I believe that God wants to bless us and use us and use us to be a blessing while we're still on this side of heaven. I want to live the blessed life. I want to live the blessed life. This morning, this morning, I'm going to ask the uh, I'm going to ask the worship team if some of them if they will if they will come up again, and uh, I want to sing a song and we're going to have it on overhead as well. The song that we sang earlier, "More of You." And here's what I'd like to do this morning. Um, you know, we 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 uh, I want to turn this place into a prayer meeting. Can we do that? Amen. I just want to turn this place into a prayer meeting. Now, I know that there are some, some, some of you that have obligations and you just need to go, but, but here's what I'd like you to do. We're, we're going we're to close in prayer. We're going to close with singing. And there are some of you here this morning, and in a few minutes I'm going to have you stand, and there are some of you who are going to step forward and you're going to gather around these altars and you're going to say, Lord, that's exactly what I want. I want more of you. There are some of you that the Holy Spirit has been really working on as I've been sharing this message. And when I talk about God's blessing, and there's something in you that goes, yeah, that's what I want. I want this side of heaven, not just when I get to heaven, but this side of heaven, I want to live the blessed life. And you may not know all of what that means. I certainly don't know all that it means. We're going to be looking at it in the next couple of weeks. But, but, but there's something in you. The Holy Spirit is saying, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I want for you. I want you, in a few moments, I want you to gather around these altars. Some of you, there may be some of you that need to say, you know what? I, I, I know that the blessed life is there for me, but there's something between me and him. And, and I need to confess it. And, and, and the Bible says, remember Romans 4, 7 there, says blessed is the one who, who confesses and receives forgiveness. And, and that's what you need to do. There are some of you perhaps this morning that have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. i got great news for you. Today's the day. You're, you can start today. You can start today living the, the God-blessed life. Isn't that exciting? It is. God bless life. Today's the day. So I, I, I'm going to, we're going to, in fact, would you stand with me right now? Go ahead and stand. Everyone stand. If you can stand, stand up. And we're going to pray. And then you're, some of, many of you are going to come forward. And I, I just, I, I want you, I want you to know, this is really important, that there's something powerful about just moving. It's like an act of faith where we say, you know what, by my feet and stepping forward, even just going up and kneeling in a pew or, or going to someplace else, sanctuary, or coming to this altar and kneeling down, there's something powerful about us putting our faith into action, even in that small way. And I believe that God, looking at that and saying, even by stepping forward, they're saying, I, 
I'm going to bless them. I'm going to give myself more of them. So some of you, you might be here and it's not a part of your history. You've never been on an altar. You've never, you've never knelt down in a church. And Well, listen, trust me in this. God wants to do a great work in your life. Some of you have never been to an altar or you've never been to an altar of prayer for years. You've never bent, bent down. But, but we're going to sing this song. We're going to sing it through once. And, uh, and, and, then, and then I'm going to open up these altars and I'm just going to say, come and receive God's blessing. Just come and receive his blessing. I don't know all that it means. I don't know all that he wants to give you. I don't know what spiritual blessing he has for you. But I know this, that if we cry out, Lord, I want more of you, he will answer. I promise you, if we cry out, Lord, I want more of you, he will answer. Let's sing this together and then I'll give some directions and we're going to go to prayer. More of you.
you having prayed that and sung it and declared it and believed it I want you to step forward I want you if you want more of him if you want a deeper relationship with him if you want to walk in his plan and if you want to be a God-blessed person unlike you've ever lived before I want you to step forward as we sing this again go ahead and start stepping forward and just spending some time with the Lord when you're done consider yourself dismissed but we're gonna spend time with Jesus and say God bless my life God bless my life God bless my life. I want your blessing. I don't want to just say to someone, God bless you. <laughs> I want you. 